about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Somebody came with a prayer request. There's a lady by the name of Jan who's going through a rough time. So we're going to pray for her this morning. Father, we thank you for Jan this morning. We thank you that if she does not know you, you'd put the laborer forth before her, that she would come to know you as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we rebuke the spirit of uh, sadness off of her life right now. We thank you down in Hope Sound that you touch her this morning through your spirit. You open her eyes to the things of the spirit. And we thank you for what you're doing right now. I said right now, right now. in Jesus' name. All right, take your Bibles this morning. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We have been teaching on the righteousness of God, showing you your position in the kingdom, not in Christianity, but in the kingdom. Say, in the kingdom. In the kingdom, you are righteous. You are in right standing with God, right standing with the devil. You are a citizen of a heavenly country that you belong to, and all the rights and privileges of that country belong to you as soon as you became a citizen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, if you never find out what those are, how many know you're not going to get too excited about it? But as you find them out, as you read the word every day, diligently, for several hours a day, as you're pressing in and meditating on the word every day, say, well, I was every day, you're learning more and more about the kingdom. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 18. Notice what Paul says. He says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is what? The power of God. Now, this is interesting because in Christianity and even when I was outside of Christianity before I came, I, I felt like I was told that you preach the cross. You've got to get people to the cross. If you get them to the cross, they get saved. But once they get saved, then you can start teaching them something else, basically because you got them to the cross and they got born again and they got saved. And that's because the religious church and most of Christianity believes that once you get them to the Lord, all they do then is wait until heaven comes because now they've got heaven because they came to the cross and got saved. Are you following me? But the kingdom goes further than that. The kingdom shows you at the cross what happened, and it also shows you what now belongs to you. So you don't live like somebody who's just wandering around the earth for 40 years trying to figure out your life, but you find God's will for your life. And once you start walking in his will, it seems like you get everything that your will wanted as long as you put his will before your will. So notice what it says here. It says, the preaching of the cross is to them that are lost, basically. It's foolishness. But to them that are saved, how many of you are saved? Yes. Notice, it is the power of God. So if I want to walk in the power of God, if I want to see the signs, wonders, and miracles that are available to us, I need to understand what happened at the cross in order to operate in those signs, wonders, and miracles. How many know when you were born again at that time, you became a new creation in Christ Jesus? Old things had passed away and all things had become new. But here's what you've got to get in your thought life. Everything that you ever needed, everything that you ever wanted, anything, everything that you will ever need was provided at the cross. Not at the time when you get it and receive it, but it happened at the so I got born again at the age of almost 30. At that time, I received Jesus. I say on that day, Jesus saved me. But how do you know that Jesus saved me on the cross? Not the day that I got saved. I had to receive what was done at the And when I received what was done at the cross, then I got saved. So that was the day I was. But notice, it was provided when Jesus was on the When he suffered, died, and was resurrected. So notice, your healing is not for today. Your healing was done on the So we're in the process of receiving living in divine health because it was done at the cross. Not today. So when you go to God, I don't know why God won't heal me. How many know that's ignorance? Right. Yeah. I don't know why God just doesn't heal me. Well, he already did at the cross. 
So why should I ask why he's not doing it today when he already did it at the so we're in the process of, in the kingdom of God, receiving all these things that already belong to us. Salvation is yours. The new experience, born again, is yours. But the church wants to stop at heaven. Are you born again? Yeah, going to heaven? Yeah, good. Now just go do whatever you want, see how you work out, see how things go. And you never operate in anything above your natural life. How many know you're not a natural person? You are a spirit being. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, imaginations, and you live in this physical. How many know the physical body is going to go? Bye-bye sooner or later, but you're still going to be a spirit with a soul. You're still going to have your mind, will, and emotions. Now, notice what it says here. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So is the cross the power of God? Yes. No, it's not. Notice what it says. The preaching of the cross is the power of God. The cross really is the power of God to everyone, but unless the cross is preached so people get faith, faith cometh by and by and by and by hearing the word of God. So somebody who's preaching the cross, here's what was done at the cross. They get faith in that cross, and it becomes the power of God for them. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have no idea why Jesus went to the cross. All they know is he went to save me, and that's it. They don't know what else he provided for each and every one. So why, why didn't God bless me? God did bless you. When? I don't know why God doesn't heal me. When did he heal you? See? All these things. Uh, I'm just trying to become righteous. When will I become righteous? Well, you did at the... See, all these things were done back then. And if you get that in your mindset when you come under attack, how many ever come under attack? Yes. All right, just me. Praise God. That's all right. Some of you will run into it sooner or later. But when you run into these things, you always want to put the cross out of your mind and start at that point to where now I'm sick, now I'm depressed, now I'm down and out, and I want God to do something for me when God already did something for you. That's why we stand fast in the liberty where Christ has already set us free. It's already provided. That's who we are. These are things that were provided for us, given to us by Jesus on the cross, and that's why we study the Word of God, and we find these things. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 53. The devil will come along. you put a symptom on. you say, you're getting sick. You'll say, no, at the cross. Amen. Well, I sinned, and I just don't feel righteous. The devil says, that's right. You're not righteous. Oh, yes, I was. I've made righteous at the See, it ends the argument. Because how many of you know if you go along with the devil in your mind with an argument, it really progresses. You go from symptom to sick to really sick to extremely sick to every part falling off your body. Because that's where the devil goes. Once he gets in there, how many know he just keeps talking? Hallelujah. All right, Isaiah chapter 53, are you there? All right, look at verse 4. Now, this is Isaiah. How many know Isaiah was dead before the... Jesus went to the cross. He was a prophet, but by the Spirit of God that came upon him, he got more revelation in what happened on the cross than the apostles and disciples did who were standing right by the cross at that time. They had no idea. But Isaiah saw in the Spirit what took place. Look at verse 4. It says, For sure or surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are what? Healed. So these are the things that they saw by the Spirit of God that Jesus was doing on the cross. First of all, no notice, he took care of you spirit, soul, and how many know there's no other parts to take care of? Those are the three we got. So notice what it says. Basically, first of all, he was bruised for our iniquities and our transgressions. That means he took our sin on the cross he took care of them. He suffered and died for them. He paid the penalty for that. I mean, that takes the place now for our spirit where we can get born again now because he took that and paid the debt for it. 
Notice, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Now, where's peace? It's in our heart, but it's also in our soul. So he took care of our soul. In other words, he has already paid for you to live in peace. It's up to you whether you live in peace because he already provided peace for you that's already there. So if you're worrying, you are just not taking advantage of what he already provided for you on the cross. Are you following me? If you're not born again, you're just not taking advantage of what he did, basically sin-wise, because you're not going to God because you're still trying to pay for your own sins. How many know that never works? And everybody tries to do that stuff. And notice what else it says. Look at the last verse. And with his stripes, someday we're going to be healed. If we pray hard enough, we'll be healed. If we fast, we'll be healed. If we pray on, stand on our heads, we'll be healed. No, we are healed. And when did that take place? At the cross. Praise God. So all these things are at the cross. And let me tell you, the Bible talks about an inheritance. Do you read that all over the place? You have an inheritance. You have a, a glorious inheritance. Get a revelation of the great inheritance you got. The inheritance was available to you when Jesus died on the cross. In the natural, how many know your inheritance is not yours until someone who left you the inheritance actually? If they don't die, how many know it's not yours yet? But as soon as they die, who's it become? It becomes ours. So when Jesus died on the cross, this heavenly inheritance that God has for us became available to each and every one of us, not when we receive it, not when we find out, but basically at the cross. Are you following me? When he died, that inheritance belongs to us already. We're not waiting. So they told me I was going to get my inheritance when I went to heaven. So I didn't have nothing down here. I was just trudging through life, going through hell, suffering, suffering for Jesus, doing my best. And I wasn't receiving anything. I didn't know I had the anointing. I didn't know I had power. I didn't know I was the righteousness of God in Christ. I didn't know I was blessed with every spiritual blessing. I didn't know any of these things. But when I got to heaven, hallelujah. Well, now, I could have gone through 36, you know, 37, 38 years worth of hell down here. Blamed it on God, who already provided all these things for me at the cross. They're already paid for. So notice. He was bruised for our iniquities, and he was wounded for our transgressions. The day that he did that, righteousness became available to each and every one of us. Now go down a little further. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That's a tough scripture, ain't it? So God was pleased when he saw Jesus beat up, stabbed, nailed, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put to grief, and when he shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see who? Shall see who? All right. Who is the seed of Jesus? We are. So God's sitting there on the cross. We're going to the cross. Good Friday. <laughs> Jesus died. He's nailed to the cross. And the Father's up there saying, hallelujah, it's about time. Praise God. Go, Jesus, go. Praise God. I'm pleased. Why? Because he saw his, you, he saw you. In the future, saying, there's a seed. There, I mean, no, Jesus came as a seed. Yeah. So as he came as a seed, you are a product of his seed. Say, I'm a product, I'm a product of, his seed. of his seed. Now, listen to this. Every seed produces after its own kind. Oh, we can close the book and go right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm just so stupid. No, you're not. I just can't do anything. I'm so unworthy. No, you're not. You're the, the product of the seed, which was Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, full of power, full of glory. And you're from that seed, so every seed produces after its own kind. So then, if he's righteous, I've got to be righteous. I can't help it. How can you say that? Well, every seed produces after its own kind. He made me the righteousness of God. What did you do to become so righteous? Nothing. 
I got born into the kingdom of God and found out what happened to me, praise God, and it belonged to me, so I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have as much rights in the Father's presence as Jesus has in the Father's presence because it's not even my righteousness, it's his righteousness. So God made Jesus. He just didn't take our sins. The Bible said he was made sin with our sins. And how many know he died twice on the cross? He died spiritually, and he also died physically. He died which, which first? Spiritually, didn't he? He died, and then he died physically. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou? He did that and when he died spiritually, but then a little bit later on, he died physically. So Jesus died on the cross. All this stuff is provided for each and every one of us. I mean, a brand new Christian who gets born again today has all the same inheritance that you have. I don't care if you've been in the church for 50 years. Well, they've just been in the church longer than me. No, it doesn't matter. Once you step into the inheritance, that's it. It belongs to you. All these things belong to you at day one. The problem was nobody taught us these things belong to us. So we pursued all these things in our own efforts, trying to get those things, and we couldn't pay for them anyway. So we wasted year after year after year trying to become righteous, trying to become holy, trying to become healed, trying to be all these things, when all these things already belong to each and every one of us, praise God. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, whether you you know it or whether you don't this morning praise God all right go to first Timothy chapter 3 I know we're socking you right in the mind this morning but you need socked praise God this is why the the Bible's called good news for years after I was saved I was wondering why I didn't see no change in my life. I was still sinning and feeling guilty all the time. I was still down and out. I still prayed like a loser. I still, and nothing was working in my life. Did I pray? Yeah, I prayed. Did I ever get an answer? No, but I keep praying every day. You know, do this, do that, do that. God, make me holy, make me righteous, make me clean. And the whole time says, God says, I did, I did, I did. I did it on the cross. It's already provided for you. He can't answer prayers that are already done. See? So, and when you don't get answers, you know what you do? Stop praying. Right? I'm wasting my time. I'm praying God ain't answering. What's the point? You know? I thought if I prayed long enough, maybe I'd convince him or manipulate him to do something for a change. But he's too busy up there taking care of everybody else but me. I tried that Christianity stuff. Well, get into the kingdom stuff. Maybe you'll enjoy your Christianity for a change. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 3. Look at verse 16. And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest or revealed in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Now, how many know this is talking about Jesus, isn't it? He came in the flesh, but notice what it says. He was justified in the spirit. Now, why did he have to be justified in the spirit? Because at one time he was unjustified in the spirit. When was he unjustified in the spirit? The day that he went to the cross and became sin for us. People struggle with Jesus being born again. Jesus got born again, whether you know it or not. He got born again in the pit of hell, praise God, down there. So notice what it says. He was justified in the spirit. He was justified because at one time he was unjustified. All right, look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Look at verse 18. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the 
unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the Spirit. So once again, this tells you that Jesus had died, or he had to be made alive in the Spirit. He died spiritually at one time. He became just like we were, took on our nature, took on sin, took on everything, but then he was justified and made alive in the Spirit again. He was born from death to life. He became born again. He was the first person ever born again. And when he got born again, notice what he did. He went right into the heavenly holies of holies. I mean, he didn't start in the outer court and pray till he got into the next court and fast till he got in the next court. He was instantly justified by the power of God and the spirit of God and by his own blood. At that time, he was so justified that he could walk right into the presence of the Father. My Lord, right in there. He'd get right in there. Some of us don't think we'll ever get in there. You don't feel the presence of God because you're living so far out of it in your mind. You can't feel the presence of God. Half the people believe they'd die if they walked in his presence anyway. See, that's Old Testament. People died for touching the tabernacle, for God's sakes, and died. Why? They weren't born again, but you are. You're justified now. But notice, the, the, the just for the unjust. The just died for the unjust. I mean, no, that took some guts to do that thing, praise God. So here it says right here that he died for us. He suffered once, say once. So that one time that he went down there, your debt is forever paid. Done gone. You don't have to pay it anymore. You don't have to make up for stupid things you did wrong anymore. You don't have to do these things. You've got to get your mind off of sin and onto what he did. Amen. You'll never live in victory because you'll always be guilty. Every time you mess up, you go back into guilt and condemnation. Every time you don't live up to his expectations, you go back in guilt. Forget what he did and start meditating on what he did. See, if you start meditating on what he did, you'll forget what you used to do and it'll change you to a place where you won't do those anymore. You don't do it by overcoming them with your will. Your will will not do it. You do it by the power of God that's on the inside of you. And the power of God works when you're in agreement with what he did, not with what you did. None of us want to, want to look at what we do. None of us want to look at our performance. We want to look at his performance because his performance provided everything that we need. So I don't see myself as unrighteous. I see myself as righteous. Why? Because of what Jesus did, I'm righteous. If I sin, I still see myself righteous. That's how I know I sinned, and I simply confess my sins, and I'm still walking in my righteousness that I have, and I keep going. I don't, I don't do penance when I sin. I don't, oh, I'm so stupid, Lord. I'm just so dumb. I'm just the dumbest thing there ever was. Oh, I sinned again. You know I do that all the time. We all got to sin sometime. Everybody's got to sin. You know we're weak, and we fail and fall all the time. We'll live there if you want to, but I'll tell you what, that's depression looking into happening. See, and the only person depressing you is you. Driving yourself nuts, praise God. And God the whole time says, I already paid for your righteousness. I don't know what you're doing down there. Just take and go with it, praise God. Dude. See, so everything is provided as we walk into those things and as we agree with them, we see the power of God in our life coming. So he became our substitute on the cross. He became everything we were on the cross. And then when he was born again, we had the opportunity to become everything he is now Amen. provided freely by him on the cross for each and every one of us. Praise God. Okay, go to Colossians chapter 1. God lost another one. I am free. I am free. And you sing that song, and most years they're going, I lost another one, I am free. I wish I was free. I'd sure like to be free. I mean, how do we sing these songs? Nobody believes them anyway. Praise God. Amen. 
Because I'll tell you right now, these revelations are coming hot and heavy on the body of Christ right now. I'll tell you what, people have been struggling for years and years and years and years are stepping over. Say stepping over. They're finally stepping over that religious devil that's held them in bondage now for years of self-works and self-stuff. And you're getting to a place where you simply believe what God has already given you. And it don't even take faith to live in what you've got because you've already got it. It don't take faith to believe you're righteous. You are. How many got faith for the money they got in their pocket right now? I wish I had money in my pocket. I wish you know if you got money in your pocket. I hope there's money in my pocket. You know there's money in your pocket. You don't have to believe for it. You know what's in there. When you know you're righteous, faith isn't even really needed in that area anymore. Come on. When you know you're healed, when you know you're blessed, when you know all these things, they belong to me. They belong to me. They are my possessions. They belong to me. Remember when we tried to take them into the promised land and other places and they'd look over the thing and they'd see themselves as grasshoppers? We've got a lot of grasshopper Christians running around right now. Jump it from one works to another. Doesn't work that way, praise God. Doesn't work that way. He paid for it all. Thank God. God is good. How you doing? Terrible. He loves everybody but me. You just don't do nothing for me. But he, well, he's good. So good all the time. No. When you find out these things, you find out he good. My God, he good. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 15. Talking about Jesus, he says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all these things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So this tells you when Jesus died on the cross, he became us basically and who we were and everything else, but then he got born again. He was the first born again person there. And you received everything that he received when you got born again. Notice what verse 19 says. For it pleased the Father that in him, how many of you are in him? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Do you know that all fullness dwells in you today? Right now at this very time, all fullness, everything that you need, the same thing that Jesus has as he is, so are we in this, in this world. It's a miracle that we're not doing miracles. It's hard to understand that we're not healing the sick. We're not casting out the devil at every turn, that we're not living in victory, that we're not setting everybody free. When you see this stuff, you think, what is wrong with us? What is wrong with the church? They are what we're supposed to be setting free. Everybody's living in that. I'll tell you, you don't have to live in that anymore. You don't have to be a victim anymore. You're a victor. You don't have to be sick anymore. You're healed. You don't have to be unblessed anymore. You're blessed. All these things belong to us, and they were provided when? At the cross, cross, praise God. Hallelujah. Now we can pass out of life right into death. Notice what the Bible says in Ephesians. We are his workmanship. See, I tried to become my workmanship for years. I'm working on me. God's working on me, and I'm working on me. And God said, I already worked on you when you got born again. It's already done. You're not going to be his workmanship. You are his workmanship. And how many know he doesn't make junk? He don't make losers. He don't make sinners. He don't make these things. There's no losers in the body of Christ. Really, there's only choosers. Those that are choosing the wrong thing to believe. So we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus, basically. And we have been called to good works. 
which he has ordained us to do. In other words, he's already given you the ability to do everything that he's asked you to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, lay hands on the sick, cast out the devil, pray in other tongues, do all these things. That is already in us, already for us, already on the inside of us. The only thing is the church has stopped at praying in tongues. You pray in tongues? Do you heal the sick? I should say not. Cast out devils? Only Jesus can do that. Then why did he tell us to do that? If Jesus was going to do that, See, we stop at tongues. Can you pray in tongues? We, we, we have accepted tongues. And there's nothing wrong with that. How many know you need tongues? There's times when you don't know what to do. You just got to pray in tongues because you don't know what to do. But notice, speaking in tongues is easy. Healing the sick should be just as. Casting out devils should be just as. And if you did anything, hallelujah, you're all here. We must have believed that last night. Nobody died from the food that was here. <laughs> Everybody still looks good, praise God. Yeah, those are promises that he made. Why is that? Because you may go into places to preach where the only food they got may not be something that you eat. Now, that would be very difficult for me since I only eat very select stuff. I would probably fast. Yeah, and some people eat everything. Well, that's all right. But notice, these are things that he told us He told us to do. That, and he didn't say this believer or that believer, or even if you believe. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Are you a believer? Then these signs should be following each and every one of us. Yet we brought into a place now that when somebody actually gets healed, we get all excited about it, not knowing that everybody should be getting healed. And we should be getting excited about somebody that don't and figuring out what we did. Come on now. We've got to change this up here, don't we? There, there's a tilt here we've got to make in one way or the other. And the thing is that Jesus was made so righteous. That's important to me. I mean, he went to the Father and he says, I know you always hear me. Did you ever go to him saying, I wonder if you ever hear me? See, that's the way we think sometimes, isn't it? I wonder if he even hears me. My God, I've been praying and praying. Well, first find out if you're praying for something stupid. Yeah. Second of all, if it's something you already have, there's no need to pray for it because you've already got it. So your prayers change, should be changing. They shouldn't be the same prayers you prayed the day that you got saved 10 years later. They shouldn't be the same prayers because now you've got more wisdom, you've got more knowledge, and now all at once you're more concerned with his will than your will. I mean, that's a big jump right there. That's a hurdle. All at once it's not help my plan, God, help what I want to do, God. It's what can I do for you, God. And that happens when you seek first the kingdom of God and his. Then all these things are simply... They're added to you. You don't even have to believe for them anymore because they just, just show up. Praise God. It just works. You get everything with the job. Praise God. All the things that you need already been given to you. So praise God. We are as righteous as Jesus is. You are as righteous as Jesus. You can walk into the Father's presence. You can talk to him just like you talked to people at the party last night. If you want to dance, dance. You want to go down low, go down low. You want to get up high, get up high. Do whatever you want to do because he, he wants a relationship. How do you know? When you come down to the bottom line of all this stuff, it's he wants fellowship and relationship with you, period. That's it. That's what he wants. He just wants you, you to be a son and him to be daddy. Praise God. That's the main thing. But all this other stuff has been given to us at the same time. And out of that relationship, you start operating in the things of God. All right, go to Romans chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Praise Your Lord. All right, Romans chapter 3. Look at verse 26. It says, To declare, I say at this time, God's righteousness 
that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in who? All right, now here it says, this is really tricky here because it says at this time his righteousness, say it's his righteousness. Notice, he declared his righteousness when Jesus was raised from the dead and one of the reasons he did it so that he might be just. Now how many know he probably just from what I found out about him, but he declared it so that he would be just. What does that mean? He didn't cut corners. Man freely gave the devil what he gave the devil. He had a right to do that because God gave him dominion here on the earth and everything. He gave it to the, so God just couldn't come in and smash the devil. Right. You understand? He couldn't even because he didn't have God didn't have authority here on the earth anymore. The devil had authority. So it would have been unjust for God to come here and just smash him and every demon and beat the crap out of him, and take his church back and go. It wouldn't have been fair. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, he could now declare his righteousness because he paid the price. He paid the penalty for everyone's sin up to that time, and now he could call himself just because he did it justly. Are you listening? So that's, I declare myself just now. Why? Because I did it right. How many know I'll bet there was an urging in him? If I was God, I'll tell you what, I don't know if I'd have waited to be just. He just came in and slapped the snot out of the devil and got it over with. Come on. No, but he had to be just, didn't he? The price had to be paid. That's why Jesus came. How I many know he's the only one? He couldn't pick me out or you out to do it. It had to be someone who had the nature of God on the inside. That's why God came in the flesh to do it. And he brought him. And once that was paid, he did it justly. He did it legally. He did it righteously. So now that we are legally righteous, we're legally blessed, we're legally saved, we're legally healed. All these things are legality basically to us in the kingdom because they belong to us. He paid the price that needed to be paid. So in that point, as you study this stuff, it should solve you of the sin consciousness that religion has put on us. Everything separating you from God's presence and from spending time with God, basically, will be washed away by what the blood has provided for you. As long as you think you're still earning it, you'll still live in a sin consciousness because you will fail every time. And how many know failure leads to guilt? Guilt leads to condemnation. I did my best with God and I failed. I'm so guilty. Now I'm so guilty. I'm going to repent. But I'm going to do better. Ever do that? But I'm going to do it this time. And then you go back and you're good for about 30 seconds. And then you mess up again. See, but the blood takes that all away because it's not for you. It's already been provided for Jesus. So I don't have to live in that guilt and condemnation of my own performance anymore. I can believe in his performance. And that's where it comes in, you know, in Christianity. Well, everybody's got to sin sometime. You hear him say, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's in the word. Well, how many know it's in the word, but the next verse says that you've been made just and righteous by what Jesus did on the cross, praise God. People pray, make me more like you, Lord. Well, how many know he can't make you more like him because he already made you just like him in his own image and likeness again, like he made Jesus. Says so all these things sound good. And you, I'll tell you what, sometimes in religion, you preach, you can even get goosebumps. Because it hits your emotions. See, it don't hit your spirit. It hits your emotions. And you get goosebumps. Oh, hallelujah. You see people preaching nothing but solid religiosity and people in the front congregation going, oh, praise God, praise God. I mean, no, it's not hitting them in the spirit. It's hitting them in the, oh, make me more like you. Make me more. That's all we want is to be. Uh, uh. It, and I'm not making fun of people. I'm just showing you basically that you don't have to live that way anymore, praise God. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. He's not looking. How'd you like it if your kid came to you? See, we don't even think of natural families, but we're in a family. We're in the family of God, and he wants to be a dad like you want to be a dad. Your kid comes to you, oh, Mom, I ate the last cookie. I'm so guilty. I mean, say, 
I'll go buy some more. Get over it. <laughs> Praise God. But nobody acts that way, do they? No. You know why? Because they belong yeah. to the family. There's nothing between your kid and you's relationship. They can say to you, and you can definitely say to them, praise God, what you want to say to them. Why is that? Because it's family. But we don't want to be family. We don't want to be citizens. We want to be servants, just serving the Lord. Well, you should serve the Lord out of what he did, not to become. There's another one there. You can serve God all day long if you want you to become something, and you're wasting your time because that's a dead work. But if you're serving God out of what he's already made you, see, I'm serving God out of the anointing that he's given me. I'm not preaching this morning to get it. I live in joy because it's given to me. I don't do my best to be in joy. I'm already in joy. You see, it's already been given to me. Peace. I'm not going to worry anymore. Why? It's not, it's not a characteristic of the kingdom of God. It's not a characteristic of you. Praise God. And if you're still trying to impress God, earn something from God, you're still fighting with guilt and condemnation on a daily basis. And I'll tell you, that zaps you of your energy. And that'll wear you out, that guilt and condemnation stuff. So you want to get over that. You want to start focusing on what he's done for me. This is what he's done for me. That's why the Bible tells you to live in thanksgiving. I may have ever thanked God that you're a terrible sinner. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, but you thank him that you're righteous. You thank him that you're holy. You thank him that you're blessed. You thank him that you're filled with the power of God. You thank you that he loves me and I love him. You thank you that you have a relationship where I can just talk to him and he can just talk to me. And if he wants to correct me, he can correct me. And if I'm going to correct him, I'll try, but it doesn't work, but I still correct You can just be real with God sometimes. You can say, hey, what are you doing? You know, well, what's the deal here? And he'll show you the deal. And once again, you were wrong. That's all right, praise God. At least we were there. All right, let's go to do, do, do. Romans chapter 6. We're already in Romans. That'll be a short trip for you. All right, Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 5. It says, For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his what? Resurrection. Resurrection. So how many know you were planted in death? You were death right there with him. He became the same. But now you were raised in the likeness of his. So when he was resurrected, you, you were resurrected just like he was in the likeness of that. Look at verse 7. For he that is dead is free from sin. It's probably one of the biggest scriptures in the Bible that the church don't understand. Notice what it says. For he that is, is free from sin. So that means he that isn't, isn't free from sin. And they're not free from sin because they're not dead. So the church tells you to spend your whole life dying to yourself. Now, if I'm dying to myself, how many know I can't be dead? I'm still alive, still trying to die to myself, trying to get rid of my faults, trying to get rid of this. I'm dying to myself a little more every day. I'm dying. No, when you realize that you're, dead you'll then be free from but not till you know that you're so everybody wants to die what are you doing dying well keep on dying keep going yeah i got rid of one of my faults i got 4,652 more to go but i got rid of one of them now i'm doing real no no when you know that that old man was dead crucified gone that's not you anymore that's not your nature you're not unworthy you're not guilty you're not a worrier you're not these things and you start finding out who you really are and believe it then you'll start walking in that and won't do those things anymore it's just a, you are who you are praise God a man dresses like a man a woman dresses like a woman nobody wore a dress last night that was a man no woman came here wearing men's clothes it doesn't work that way because you know who you are that's who you are your identity and if you notice what the world attacks in this day and age it's your identity 
They're after your identity. They don't even want you to know if you're a man or woman anymore. They're trying to confuse so many people. Oh my God, it shouldn't be too hard to figure out. Yeah, so notice your identity is a key, isn't it? So as long as I stay dead to my old man, not claiming my old man traits, not, oh, that's what I always do. I never please God. I always get angry. My mom got angry. My dad got angry. We just got an angry family, and we've had an angry family. See, a lot of the generational curses we got you bring on by claiming them. See, some of them are transferred through the blood, but some of them, I mean, just come because that's who you are. Well, Grandma died at 50. Mom died at 50. I'm 49. I got about... 363 days left, praise God. See, and you believe that stuff. So you get into it. And then, praise God, I told you on your deathbed, I told you. I told you I was going to die. And you think you're prophesying, for God's sakes. No, no, you don't claim that stuff. That's not who you are. You're not even a physical person anymore. Your nationality is of God. It's not even black, white, orange, purple, whatever you think you are. That's just a skin color that you've got. But on the inside, you are a new spiritual creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And when I believe that, I'll stop sinning. I won't have to fight sin. I won't have to go after sin. It'll fall right off of my life because I am now dead to that. Praise God. All right, go to Galatians chapter 6. All right, Galatians chapter 6, look at verse 14. Paul says, But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified unto me, and I unto the world. So he's talking about the cross here, isn't he? Look at verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, how many of you are? Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but the only thing that matters is you are a new creature. So circumcision in the old time, you were either circumcised or not circumcised, Jewish, whatever. But now he's talking about something different. He's talking about spiritual. Spiritual-wise, you are either a new creation or you are not a new creation. Are you saved? Well, I, I think I'm pretty good. Not good enough. I've never been mean to anybody. Not good enough. I've done everything really well. Not good enough. You either are a new creation or you're not a new creation. So many people out there who aren't born again are doing their best to become saved or a new creation and how many know the only way they can do that is through the cross and through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ see now let's take that over righteousness only comes by the blood healing only comes by the blood blessings only come by the blood but everybody's trying to do something he says all those things you're doing for that don't matter you either are a new creation or you are not a new creation and this tells me something marvelous that you'd never think of you can see somebody out there and you see them and you just think I mean I don't even know if God would save them I mean they are the worst person I've ever seen in my entire life praise God but you know the day that the Holy Ghost gets to them the day and they get born again that day they are as righteous as you and as righteous as Jesus I don't care if you've been in the church for 150 years they instantly be made that by a miracle so you can't look at anybody and say, well, I wonder if God would even save them. Yeah, God's, God's trying to get there. And also takes us that one little area. He can break through them and find out, I need Jesus. And they lift their hands and the power of God hits them. And they are just as righteous to walk into Papa. And some of them do it before we're taught to do works to get in. 
See, the new Christians got a, got a break on us. We didn't learn a bunch of junk we got to get rid of, and they just learned that Jesus loves them, and that's good enough for them, and praise God, Jesus loves me. Did you know that? Oh, he don't love you. Remember what you did last week? Well, something changed. No, it didn't change. God's got a book up there, and he's writing everything down in that book. He's got all your stuff in there. He got the big stars and the black marks, and some of them are blue marks. And No, all that stuff was wiped away the day that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and it was all done by him. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus so we shouldn't be living in condemnation anymore we shouldn't be doing that praise God that foul spirit that we had on the inside of us that satanic nature on the inside of us now we receive something called everlasting life now notice everlasting life is not to live forever because everybody's going to live for everlasting life is the nature of God that came on the inside of you as a spiritual being and now you are just like he is as a spiritual being you're in the image and likeness of God now we've got to change something don't we this up here through the word of God that's why the word of God cuts it away it's sharper than a two-edged sword it'll start cutting stuff out of you you didn't even know was in there praise God with the word of God it says it'll even get in your joints get in your bones it'll get in your blood praise God so the word of God is a living thing say it's a living thing so it'll get on the inside of you, praise God. It can cause you to walk in health all the time. It causes you to walk in peace all the time, but it's that word that gets in there. That's why the word is so important to each and every one of us. And we're in a position right now where we can all come boldly to the throne of, not the throne of works, not the throne of self-efforts. You can't get in there with that. You can knock as hard as you want. You're not going to get in. But we come to the throne of grace. He's made me righteous. He's made me, and you can't really pray for anything because you're too busy praising him. And thanking him for what he did for me, that by the time you get around to praying, you just don't really care anymore about anything. And you want to serve him. You want his will in your life. And how many know he put you here to do his will? He just didn't put you here in the day and hour that you're living in right now just to take up 80 years, die, get out of here, and do nothing. Do you see? It wasn't that way. Well, how many years do you want? 120. And my wife says, I'm going to live 120. I hope not. Praise God. My mom's 93, and she's making, calling me, making me pray for death every day. Praise God at this time. So. But I still haven't come up with that prayer yet, so I can't really do that. can't really find one for that, probably, too. Hallelujah. But, yeah, praise God. you got a purpose. you got a plan here. And as you walk in the, the, the things of God and the power of God and understand what he's did for each and every one of us, it was all done where? At the cross. At the cross. So it's already finished. You don't have to fight your battle in the future. You can fight him almost in the past. Nope, sorry. Sorry, devil, can't get sick today because Jesus went to the cross over 2,000 years ago and I've been healed. Sorry. Well, you're a sinner. No, I can't be a sinner. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ because 2,000 years ago to the cross. E -d 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 -d. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. High noon. I should be on TV. I'm telling you, I'm right on it every time. Praise God. Hallelujah.